Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Links and Locks Podcast. Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hello, you beautiful degenerates, and welcome to Links and Locks, the Action Network's golf betting podcast presented by Bet365. I'm your host, Roberto Arguello. I'm excited to be joined by Spencer Aguiar. You can find him on Twitter at TF Sports and Nick Brettwish. You can find him on Twitter at Sticks Picks. This week, we're breaking down the Tour Championship from East Lake in Atlanta, the last week of the 2022-2023 PGA Tour season. There's the staggered strokes format. Uh, with Scheffler starting at 10 under par, Victor Hovland at 8 under par, all the way down to the players ranked 26th to 30th in the FedEx Cup, starting at even par. We'll break down all of Nick and Spencer's outright bets, whether they're in the low 72 holes, excluding starting strokes or including starting strokes, and any other props which they might have find, found value on. And then we'll also get into a brief Ryder Cup discussion. We'll talk about, talk about whom we would pick and break down some of the odds on Bet365, and if there's any value in betting someone to become a captain's pick for either the U.S. or Europe. But first, fellas, let's get into our best bets this week. I'm not going to give out any bets because I am doing PJ Tour Live again this week on streams two and three. But first, Spencer, who you got this week? What's your best bet at the Tour Championship? Yeah, I think there's some markets that are going to be better than other ones this week. Um, I'm going to go to the head-to-head sector, and I'm going to take Patrick Cantlay. I'm going to lay a little bit of juice here. Minus 130 over Max Homa. Okay, a couple California guys going against each other in Atlanta. Nick, who do you got this week as your best bet? I have one bet, so by default it is my best bet. I'm going to go with Russell Henley, top 10, plus 165. Back to the well for Russell Henley. All right. Uh, Before we get the cap on that, Spencer, why do you like Cantley over Homa? So Cantley has shown a propensity on these greens to struggle. I do want to note that before going any further. He's dropped over six shots with a flat stick in three separate occurrences on this course. Um, I do have reasons, though, to believe Homa is being overpriced in most markets because of his recent form. And then the one-off course history at Eastlake that he had last year. Inside of my model, he ranked 27th out of 30 players on a Donald Ross course in strokes gain total, 24th in proximity from outside 200 yards, 
25th for projected total driving to mimic Eastlake, and then 29th in weighted par 5 scoring, which is going to be a very crucial factor this week. I just worry that the wheels unravel a little bit for him at a venue where he had to gain 4.5 shots putting last year to overcome a poor iron performance. I feel like all those factors are being ignored in most areas, maybe outside of this being already juiced up. But uh, to me, this is all recent form course history and the starting strokes that he got into the mix here for why he entered this section against Cantlay. Um, I, I think this is a nice spot for Cantlay with the ball striking that he does bring to the table to make a run up the leaderboard against the golfer that my model does want to fade this week. Makes a lot of sense. We look at the outright prices for Cantlay over the last couple months versus Homa and see that Cantlay's definitely been priced as a tier or two above Homa. And now that there's some form, trying to capitalize on him being priced somewhat similar. So it makes a lot of sense. Nick, Russell Henley, why are we backing him this week? Everything about Russ's game right now, um, I, you know I'm a, a Russ fanboy, but the ball striking is just on a different planet right now. He is so elite with his accuracy off the tee. And for the first time in quite some time that we've talked on this show, the putter is pretty hot for Russell Henley. For uh, lightning the fast Bermuda greens, he grades inside the top 15 for expected strokes game putting for me, which I thought was an error when I ran my numbers, but... Uh, also a price grab. I had this at plus one at 130 with only 30 players in the field. I feel like the odds of a dead heat reduction are significantly less inside that uh, that top 10 there. You're pretty much betting like the top one third, like literally. So uh, I do like that. I like what we saw out of Russ. I know he hasn't played in East Lake in quite some time, but he did play in 2017 and he was one of the best putters on the property. So it comes back to the spot that he, you know, I think it was T third that year at East Lake. So just a perfect course fit in his games in a fantastic spot right now. I'm not going to overthink it. I'll take the 35 points of value on Russell Henley and I'll run with it. I just really quickly before we move on past that point, cause I really like Russell Henley this week. Uh, if you stay tuned towards the end of the show, I have a hot take with Russell Henley that I would like to get to. So uh, that'll oh. be a fun discussion to have. All right. Looking forward to that one. First, let's get into our course preview for East Lake golf club, the oldest golf club in the Atlanta area. Spencer, what do you make of Eastlake and what are you weighing more than normal on an average PGA Tour course this week? Yeah, so Eastlake is an extremely challenging test. It does ensure that everyone earns their payday and it does so by creating this complicated layout that provides very few opportunities to score. The par three and four locations are long. You will notice a trend where golfers that compete for the title do a solid job of keeping their scorecards clean until they get to the two par fives at the track. Usually the reduction from four to two chances does minimize the impact when we see how much weight we need to attach to our models for par five scoring. However, when we look at the players that have taken down the FedEx Cup over the past few years, we get this trend that points in a different direction. So I'm going to quickly read off some of these numbers that my model had for the golfers who were the actual ones who won the FedEx Cup title. Rory gained nearly 53% of his scoring at those two locations in 2019. Dustin Johnson experienced a similar fate in 2020 during his victory by attaining 55% of his strokes there. Patrick Cantley ran the table in 2021 by making birdie on the two holes every time for four days. That resulted in 72% of his impact towards his score. And then Rory once again dominated last season, posting nine under in his eight chances for nearly 53% of his total. You know, for all those reasons, guys, I don't believe this is the most accessible venue for those that need to play catch up. The non-staggered winning score does seem to hover between 11 under to 15 under during most iterations of the tournament. We did get a more accessible test last year. It'll be interesting to see if that comes to fruition again. 
But if the top players in the contest are making birdies on these holes as frequently as they are, my question would be, where do we get the chance for others to come from behind if, you know, the par three locations are challenging to attack the pin, the par fours have too steep of a mixture of ease and difficulty. Like, sure, you might be able to argue that the key to success for the chasers will be be nearly perfect on the par fives, avoid any of the colossal mistakes on the lengthier par fours. But I just think the path to victory starts to shrink further. You stretch down the board here. So uh, it's a really hard tournament to bet for staggered st starting strokes. And I mean, I know Nick doesn't have any wagers other than the one that he talked about. And I do have a little bit more of an extensive card this week, but I didn't jump into starting with the starting strokes here just because like to me, most of the win equity is going to be tied into Scheffler, Rory, Rom, Hovland, Glover, you know, Cantley, if you want to start pushing this a little bit further. But the problem with that is, is you really need to take on a big exposure to get those wagers down. And it's just more exposure than I feel comfortable putting into this tournament this week. So if you didn't get exposure that way, let's break down your bets because you're the only one left with bets this week. It finally, it took like a year of this show for it just to become me talking about bets on this. So uh, <laughs> I, I think Nick would like this to be 20 minutes. I'm going to push this as far as I can to try to make this an hour long show. So that, that'll be fun on this end. But I, I, obviously, like I talked about, we have two ways we can consider outright wagers. The first comes into the starting strokes. Not going to go that route. It's just too challenging to make up ground here. The opposite end isn't necessarily much better since we're now playing a contest that nobody knows is occurring on the leaderboard uh, without the starting strokes. That's an interesting dynamic that takes that comes into account here because you know there's a lot of players that I might ignore during a typical week that I don't necessarily trust their ability to close out the tournament. But now if all of a sudden you're telling me they don't even know that they're in lead of the tournament that they're in, now we have a different wager here. Now I can actually try to find the value of who I thought the best players were. So I started with the king of that answer, Tommy Fleetwood at 33 to one. That's over at bet three, six, five. It feels very fitting to me to hit an outright on Fleetwood when he doesn't win the tournament, but gets credit for it within this specific market. I will say it's not a perfect profile when you look at his past Donald Ross struggles and low GIR percentage, but it does feel like an intriguing opportunity to bet on the recent run of five top 10 finishes over his last seven starts. There is some intrigue that he's so far off the pace that every day is like one of those standard Sunday chases that he puts together. I believe there's a freedom he can play with that allows a high ceiling to enter the mix since he likely never gets himself into tangible enough uh, win equity contention to capture the FedEx Cup title. Uh, to me, that means that if there's no pressure to close this out, then the upside naturally becomes larger for him. Took a very similar mindset here with Sung Jam at 29 to 1. You can find better than that if you shop around. And, and a lot of these numbers that I'm giving other than one, I do believe there's better numbers out there. I grabbed these early. A lot of books came out with these random numbers throughout the space. So be sure to shop around. But, you know, Roberto, I do this every single week as it is with Sungjae. So now if you're telling me I actually get a chance to back him, he doesn't need to be the victor for $18 million for us to capture this victory. I'm going to buy in here. Just like last week, Sungjae graded number one for his projected par five birdie or better percentage. I'm going to bet on that upside when all recent winners of the FedEx Cup have mostly run the table on those holes historically. I am going to follow Nick here with Russell Henley. I'm doing it in a different way. I am going to jump on the Russell Henley top 10 bet because I think that's a really savvy number Nick got there. But I got him at 33 to 1. I've seen that as high as 35 to 1. Uh, he has been brilliant over the past few months. I think most people are just catching up now to the form that he's possessed because of the three consecutive top eight finishes. 
but there are a lot of qualities that I've noticed within my model. He's doing it in a completely different way, but that kind of mimics this Wyndham Clark run that my model was noticing right before he captured the U.S. Open title. You know, unfortunately for Henley here, the season's coming to an end. I don't know if he's going to be able to work this the way that he wants to actually capture something big here. I think he's too far back to probably actually win this title with the staggered start here, but there's a lot he has on the line. I, you know, I don't know if he's actually has a feasible chance to be a Ryder Cup pick from Zach Johnson. We'll get to that later of where I think that it stands there. But um, there are a lot of numbers. If you believe Henley's par five scoring can be good here, there's a lot of areas of the market that really will like him. And that includes him being the best player in this field on a lot of these par four ranges that we're looking at. And then I wrapped up my card with last week's fate of Lucas Glover. I got him at 66 to one. I do think those numbers now are more in the 40 to 50 to one range, but pretty much all the reasons I dislike Glover at the BMW championship will swap back in his favor here at Eastlake. Uh, just like Henley, we will see if he can play the par five holes well enough to compete for the tour championship title. That answer ends up being yes. And he makes some putts. This might be that long shot name. That's the unlikely option that springs the upset that actually takes down the tournament. But uh, as I said, we don't necessarily need that here. I, I just need him to be the 72-hole leader at 66-1. to 1, And let's not make it as if Glover isn't an elite ball striker in the world if he can get hot one more time this week. So I thought that was a good number where the market is very low on him across the board. He's an underdog in every matchup. Uh, numbers are moving massively against him. I think there's an overcorrection that's taken place. Like I talked a lot last week about wanting to fade him in matchups and Naturally, on this show, um, we mentioned the Fitzpatrick, the Cameron Youngs, all those routes you could have gone with it. All those won. I went with the Jordan Spieth route, which was the one that lost there. Uh, line got beaten by 100 points, unfortunately, and couldn't enter the winner's circle. But I think that overreaction has now occurred this week, where this is actually a much better course fit for him. I like those a lot. Uh, Nick, anything that stands out to you besides Russell Henley, of course? No, I, I'm I'm close to getting there on the Glover for an impod play, but I'm not there yet. But I am going to ride that matchup Spencer, uh, the matchup Spencer mentioned earlier. Um, but other than that, no, I, I love that he's on Russell as well. And like you said, I, I love to see what you know that uh, that Wyndham Clark prediction that Spencer's numbers used to say were going to happen earlier this spring. So let's go, Russ. Russell Henley coming off of three consecutive top eight finishes. Uh, the Wyndham T two could have been a first place if he didn't get a couple unlucky breaks down the stretch there t6 at the fedex st jude then t8 last week at the bmw uh and nick he's got two appearances at the tour championship 12th place in 2014 and then t3 as you mentioned in 2017 so we'll see how he does this week and if he somehow wins this week maybe post low 72 hole score maybe gets himself into that Ryder cup conversation but let's have our own Ryder cup conversation uh first off They've got odds up at Bet365 for players to make either team. Of course, we already have six players on the United States team that are already locked in. Those six are Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and Xander Shoffley. So first, I'll ask you guys, among the players who are on the board, are there any bets that you would recommend making or any that catch your eye that you'd consider making? And I'll... I'll share the odds first. And then after that, we can talk about who you guys would want on your team. But here are the odds to make the U.S. team as a captain's pick. Colin Morikawa, minus 1,000. Ricky Fowler, this is all on bet 365, by the way. Ricky Fowler, minus 700. Brooks Kepka, minus 700. 
Cameron Young, minus 600. Justin Thomas, minus 350. Sam Burns, plus 110. Keegan Bradley, plus 175. Russell Henley, plus 250. Tony Finau, plus 300. Same price for Lucas Glover. Dustin Johnson, plus 700. Bryson DeChambeau, plus 1,000. And then Sahit Digala, Taylor Gooch, and Patrick Reed, all at least 16 to 1 or longer. So once again, there are six players who are going to make the uh, U.S. team as captain's picks. Five of them minus 350 or shorter. And then you got a couple guys in the, and then you got five guys in the three to one range or even money to make the team. I'll start with you, Spencer. Do the odds on any players stand out to you? No, I mean, I think it's what I would expect it to be. Um, maybe not personally. I, I have a much different list that I would put together. And because those are the names that you're looking at, you can get some sort of an idea, maybe more so than anything what you want to do with the prices between the USA and Europe here. Um, Cause you might get a better indication. I, I obviously wish, and, and I mean, this is like really stretching things out. If I had the capabilities to be in the room and make the selections and, and to push some of these players, I, I do think the USA price has come down so much recently that there's value in the number, but I don't necessarily think there's value in the number with the names that, I have heard you tell me are going to be coming off the board as the picks. So as for me right now, I'm probably sitting out just because I don't know if I believe Zach Johnson's making the correct selections. Obviously when you're in charge, there's a lot on your plate, but uh, I texted you guys this earlier. Like I put together a model. I ran it in 15 minutes with everything that I thought was crucial for this venue. Uh, it, It pretty much spat out what I would have expected it to. And it was very, my model is very confident in its take of the players that it thought should have make, made it. There were some players that were just on the outside looking in uh, that I could understand why they were going to be picks if they were the case. But I mean, there's a few names that I will be disappointed if are not on the lineup. And I don't know if some of them are going to be, unfortunately. We'll get back to you on your model in a moment and whom you would pick for your six captain selections. But Nick, any value you see on the board there at Bet365? I mean, that's a, that's a fun market. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't know if there's any way to handicap it. I don't know what Zach Johnson's thinking, but I feel like a guy like Zach Johnson that loves the rain putts, I mean, to get plus money on Sam Burns, a guy that's getting strokes with his ball striking three tournaments in a row, something we haven't seen in about two months. I just feel like putting is so important in match play, and I would certainly want Sam Burns on my team to go out there right now. So I would say plus money on Sam Burns is interesting, but like Spencer, I'll be sitting on the fence here. I will not be pushing the envelope. All right, so let's get into whom you guys would pick. Um, And then after this, we'll actually talk about the odds uh, right now for that matchup between the U.S. and Europe. But, uh, Spencer, who would your six be? So I think the best player on the board that's not an automatic qualifier, and I know this is a a wild take to make right now. I think the best player sitting there is Russell Henley with the current form that he's bringing to the mix. When I ran this, and I texted a picture of this to you guys, Uh, essentially of the top six players in my model, five of them were automatic qualifiers in Scheffler, Cantlay, Homa, Xander, Harmon. Very simple. I mean, they're they're already on the team. The one outlier, which even though I did insert a Jason Day thing into there, obviously not American. If he was American, probably would have been an automatic qualifier there. But uh, the third person on that list was Russell Henley. I love what he's bringing to the table with Nick talked about the recent putting that he has, uh, he's found, He's top five in my model for strokes gained T to green over the last 24 rounds. Mixed with being top five in my model and strokes gained T to green over the last two years. 
I think that this is the exact sort of a course. And I think this is the mistake the U.S. team makes all the time is where you take these big name options that are a little bit wild off the tee. You bring them into Europe and they're never quite the right fit for that course that's being played. That's why it's so important. And that's why all of us run models and numbers every single week, because all I'm trying to do it for any tournament that we're talking about, whether it's a real stroke play event or it's a Ryder Cup here, is find who are the best players that fit the course the best. And I think there's some of that that gets lost in the mix there. So I would have taken Russell Henley. I think Morikawa is obviously a great pick because of his ball striking nature, accurate off the tee, number one player in my model for projected proximity for the course. Jordan Spieth, my model is never very high on him. It had him as the third name off the list there. I think Spieth is going to be a very big advocate for why Justin Thomas ends up making the team if he does. Probably they'll probably put them together. I'm sure that's going to be what ends up taking place here. Uh, but regardless of that situation, it did think speech should have made the team. So now I'm in a spot after those three where essentially everybody else was kind of close, but there was three names that pulled ahead. So the first name I would take, which I think he's going to make the team. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of discussion around it. Cameron Young. I think Cameron Young brings a really diverse nature, uh, really boom or bust. You can make an argument against that with the lack of the short game that he has and He's obviously more distance than accuracy, but even with that, it loved the weight of proximity numbers he had. I think he can be really good in specific formats there. So I would bet on his upside. That was kind of the one outlier route that I would go. I would go with Lucas Glover. I, I think this is a perfect course for him. I think this is like the, the ideal spot to throw Glover on that team. And the odds with Ricky Fowler here make a lot of sense. My model thought he should have been the last name into the mix. Obviously, that fills out the lineup there. Wyndham Clark, if he wasn't an automatic qualifier, wouldn't have been a name that I would have put on. I don't know if this is the best course fit for him. Obviously, he's on, so that's a different discussion to have. But that leaves off a lot of names here of Finau, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Sam Burns, if you want to go down that far, of, that are not going to make the team. I think of those options as wild as this sounds because like Kepka is going to make the team in my opinion even though I technically wouldn't put him on but I think Finau for me would be the closest one just because I do like what he's putting together it's just he's been so hit and miss in some of the parts of his game that the results are not where they need to be but uh, I'm curious to hear who Nick would put on Nick let's hear it all right so I do have Sam Burns and I know his uh, record at the President's Cup is pretty poor I don't think he won a match or even pushed a match but I think Spieth is in. I think you have to play Brooks no matter what, like just for avoid controversy and, you know, let big game Brooks show up. I, I think you have to do that. Morikawa is going to make the team. I, obviously, the odds are minus 1,000, so I think that one's a lock. I have Ricky Fowler as well. I think just with how good he played this year and the confidence that's back in his game, I think you just have to put him out there, especially for Zach. You know, he's an old-time PGA guy and knows how important to the PGA Ricky Fowler is. I think he'll certainly invite him over there. Um, I'm in between on Russell Henley and Lucas Glover. So I have Cam Young out. I, I don't think I would choose him just because of the erraticness off the tee and just what we see just up and down with the short game. I don't know. I, I get that he'd be a lethal player you probably want to bring just for the upside, but with how good Russell Henley's playing and how good Lucas Glover's playing, I feel like one of those two need to be in, and that'd be the hardest cut for me. So if I were making the roster, Sam Burns would be the last man in. Let me just say that um, Morikawa, Spieth, Brooks, Fowler, and then one of Russ or Glover. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. 
Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right. So I, I've got my, I got five and then I'm, I haven't decided on a six. I would definitely have Spieth, whom by the way, the odds aren't even up for him to be on the team. So he's on the team. Uh, yep. Only guy who went five and zero last year at the president's cup. Uh, so Spieth, Morikawa, Fowler, I would have Brooks. And I would have Glover as well. Really like the fit for uh, for Glover at uh, Marco Simone. But my sixth, I'm still up in the air. I'm cool with bringing Cameron Young, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley, or Russell Henley, even Tony Finau if he has a even Tony Finau. I I can't make up my mind on the last one. Uh, That's a hard you can make an argument man. for any of them. I think Henley's a great fit. I don't know about how he'll fare in match play. We've seen him dissolve at the Wyndham Championship in a handful of years. I'm kind of nervous on that, but the course fit is awesome. Um, Bryson DeChambeau is also someone I'd consider, but I know he's not going to get picked from everything I've been told by people who know things about the Ryder cup and how it's going to work in that tea room. They're not going to pick him. So he's pretty much out of the discussion, but I would have him in consideration, but if I had to pick one, maybe Keegan Bradley, I think he's a guy who's got experience. Okay. A lot of first timers on this team, good putter. Now um, I could go a lot of ways. So I'm very much undecided, but guys, in the market, the U.S. minus 140-ish and uh, Europe plus 140. Any play on either side for that for you guys? I, I don't know. I mean, I think obviously the numbers moved a lot, but based off of all those answers, and, and I do believe that, as I said, I, I think Brooks makes the team. I, I, like Just because I wouldn't put him on doesn't mean he's not going to make it. And, and I do lean towards them putting Thomas on kind of lean towards Europe based off of that. Cause I don't know if that would be the natural fits that I would have liked. I'm going to go with America. I mean, what, what are we doing here? Of course. <laughs> Ryder cup teams for Europe, I feel like is kind of sketchy. Like their last six in is, I don't know, way, lo- way lower of a caliber players in America right now. So give me America. I think you can get minus minus one thirty eight too to win outright on that three, six, five. So that's probably as short as the prices we're going to see. So if you're a Patriot and want to bet America, like you probably should, Spencer, um, bet 365 <laughs> looks to be one of the best spots to do that. So check that out. I bet Europe at plus 190 a couple months ago, but that's I haven't bet. decided if I'm going to no. come back on the U.S. That, that's, a, not, that's a great price. Uh, I, if you look at the play, guys playing on the PGA Tour right now, you can make an argument that three of the four best players are going to be on Europe's team in Rom, McElroy, and Hovland. And if I'm Europe, I'm going to play my top eight guys pretty exclusively until obviously you have to play everybody in singles. But uh, looking at the European team for their 
uh, captain's picks odds. Justin Rose, minus 3,300. Shane Lowry, minus 2,800. Robert McIntyre, minus 1,000. Sepp Straka, minus 500. Adrian Moronk, minus 275. Ludwig Aberg, minus 200. Rasmus Hoygaard, minus 150. Alex Noren, plus 200. Yannick Paul, plus 275. Nikolai Hoygaard, plus 300. Victor Perez, plus 300. And then everybody else at plus 400 or longer. Fellas, anybody on the European side that stands out to you on uh, any of their odds to make the team? I mean, thank I God I'm it. not in that room making that decision with Alex Noren because all of a sudden I'd put him on that team and that would <laughs> be a disaster. So they have nine <laughs> players available. The only three that are um, automatically qualified are Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. Um, and Hot one too, right? I'm sure. Um, he's not automatically qualified, but because I think they only oh, have really? three. Robert McIntyre is the third one. I'm not sure if they're... I don't believe their spot is closed quite yet because uh, the only Got two it. I'm seeing with their names are Rom and Rat McElroy with the qualifying queue. But they don't have odds up for Hovland, just like they don't have odds for Speed to make the team because it's going to happen. I mean, I feel like you got to give Aberg a shot. I agree. Just like start that whole that whole narrative mm-hmm. early. I mean, let him be a, a Ryder Cup player for the next 20 years out there with how good of a player he, he can be. I think that'd be fun to get him out there and experience that. But. I don't know. I don't really have thoughts on the Europe team. I'm just I'm gonna bet America because that's what I want to win. But plus one ninety, man, that's a fantastic price. Um, I wish you would have texted us that uh, that number was out there. I just was not looking at Ryder Cup action in the future. Yeah, I had to make it through uh, the dog days of July or June or whenever. Bet I don't remember exactly, but um, Europe is dominated in Europe. And one thing that people forget is when the events in the U.S. The U.S. gets to pick the golf course and decide how it's going to play. And when it's in Europe, vice versa is true. So uh, they have a home field advantage, literally, that you don't see on a given week at the PGA Tour. And that's kind of the problem of what I was even discussing at the beginning of this. Like, there's players like Thomas, Finau, Brooks. I mean, those three in particular. You put them on an American bomb and gouge sort of course. Obviously, they should be on the team based off of that. But I just think that we have this habit whoever's in charge of it, that they all of the time pick these players just based off of name recognition and not necessarily course fit here. And and I feel like we're falling into that same trap once again. I think we're all going to be fading Justin Thomas's team because historically he's not a great putter and he's not super accurate driving the ball lately either. And a lot of people remember the the best shot from the Ryder Cup um, at Whistling Straits, which was... Jordan Spieth on the side of the hill almost falls off into the water and people forget that Justin Thomas put him in that spot and Justin Thomas missed the putt after Jordan Spieth hit that incredible shot. Uh, We'll see how it works this year. I'm a big fan of Justin Thomas's game, but he's not on top of his game right now. And uh, it came out that yesterday that he's going to be playing in the Fortinet championship a week before everybody heads to Rome. So we're going to see if his game has changed at all um, at uh, up at, up at TBC Silverado. And even if it does well that week, very different course from the one he's going to see next week after that. So maybe even if he plays well, a chance to get a better price on fading him the next week. Let me ask you this really quickly before we move on. Let's say it's Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, Keegan Bradley, just hypothetically speaking, there's one spot of those three names. Who do you guys take? I take Keegan. But only because I believe in the putter more so. And he's got great form right now. And I believe that in a road game, Keegan Bradley's kind of crazy enough that I'd want him on my team. 
Yeah, I think I, I think I would go Finau, Keegan, Thomas, but Keegan is in that mix of any of those names that you want to talk about where he's definitely a fringe selection one way or another. Yeah, I could see it going a handful of directions, like I said earlier, uh, which is why I'm not going to bet that market. But very interesting to see the numbers and what the odds makers have put out there. Uh, also, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offers available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And also, if you're watching this video, give us a like and subscribe to the Action Network YouTube channel. Uh, you're going to get a lot that you're going to like from the Action Network YouTube channel with football coming up just starting next week, or actually this week with week zero in college football. So very excited about that. Fellas, I've only got a couple of rapid fire questions for you for this week. But first off, if you had to take Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland or the field this week, those are the guys starting at 10 and eight under par respectively at Eastlake or the field, who's going to win the FedEx Cup this week, starting with you, Spencer. I mean, just based off of the likelihood, I'll take Scheffler and Hovland. I, I kind of have a feeling Rory might pull this off if you want me to actually give you a name there. But I think mathematically, like the, the value that you would get based off of that Scheffler-Hovland answer would be too much to pass up. How about you, Nick? Scotty. I'll take the chalk. For So no John Rahm in that. No John Rahm for you guys this week. He's eight and a half to one to win it with the starting strokes factored in. I mean, I didn't bet it. I don't hate it, though. I think it's a contrarian route to go, and maybe that just becomes a better DFS answer if nobody's going to play him. But I, I continue to get burned every single week by him because I take this thought process for... I've taken it for three weeks in a row, and it has not worked out one time. So um, the form, for whatever reason, is just not there right now. But I, I think he's intriguing. I, I would not be shocked if he bounced back and made a big run at this. If the season ended today... Would you give your player of the year award to Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, or someone else? And who is that someone else? Starting with you, Spencer. Um, I, I guess I would give it to Rahm just because, I mean, like of the big names there, I mean, he's the one that I can at least point to a major. That's true. How about you, Nick? Yeah, I'd go with Rahm. I'd, I just wish there was like a most improved award or something like that because I feel like just like Wyndham Clark needs needs some sort of recognition for just how good of a player he became this year. The ball striking is just out of this world. He was always just a putter and a guy that could hit it long. And then we've talked about it on this show at least 20 times, just what he's done with his iron play and a short game to add to that. It's just fantastic. So I, I would nominate a new award for most improved player. Or maybe, I don't know. It's kind of like a weird, like it's like a junior high basketball award or something like that to make someone feel well. So I, I don't know if that's the right wording for it, but Something for uh, for Wyndham Clark, just because how much of a player he became. I mean, he's locked into the Ryder Cup team. I think earlier in the year, we would never say that he was even a guy to talk about for like the top 15 to make the team. Um, so shout out to him. But yeah, I mean, John Rahm, what does he have? Four wins and then the Masters too. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think we got to go with John Rahm. Since we're making up awards here, uh, yeah, I would also do. like a comeback player of the year. Let's forget about what Ricky Fowler has done. Give that award to Jason Day. <laughs> def definitely not Ricky, though. No, it's uh, it's Jason Day for sure. And what down play of the year? We could obviously say Alex Norman. We got all these yeah. awards, so we got to talk to the PGA. Hey, well, maybe. So 
first off, I'm a supporter of all this stuff. I love betting on these types of markets in the NBA, the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I think it'd be great for the tour, build publicity for their players. And um, why not have different awards for first and strokes gain off the tee, first and strokes gain total, or first and um, strokes gain putting for every every player. Give them like a ping golden putter like they do when they win a tournament with a ping putter, uh, add it to the vault or something like that. Um Maybe we do another podcast later on in the off season when we talk about our superlatives uh, for our awards. Uh, but that's for another time. Um, fellas, always a pleasure working with you. It's been an awesome season. Look forward to doing more of these. But before we get going, where can the people find your stuff this week and in the coming weeks? Because we don't have any any action until the Fortnet. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Tee Sports. I am going to be writing a round one head-to-head matchup, which I will talk about. Uh, it's going to involve a fade of Sepp Straka. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, very quickly before we get out of here, I just wanted to get both of your thoughts. And Roberto, I know you can't give me an answer on this. You can wink at me twice if you want to, to just <laughs> let me know what you think. But do either of you guys have thoughts on Lucas Glover minus 110 over Sam Burns uh, in round one? I'd lean Glover there. I have that right around minus 115 if I punch that in real quick. Yeah. And I those that, what were you going to say, Roberto? I agree. Okay, perfect. Yeah, love Lucas Glover. Um, Spencer, anywhere else that people can find you? Uh, yeah, you can get my model over at Roto Baller. But, you know, I know I speak for all three of us here. We appreciate the support for everybody who's made this show a part of your weekly research process. We obviously try to bring as much data and information as we can to go along with the picks here. But we appreciate everybody out there that does take the time out of their week to listen to the show. Nick, how about you? Where can the people find you this week? Well, uh, at Better Golf Pod, we'll be hosting a uh, underdog draft tomorrow night. That is Wednesday night, so right before tee off, and then uh, best bets for NFL coming up. So I'll be doing a player prop section usually on every primetime game. So uh, one player prop, I'm I'm sure. I'm, right now, I'm hoping Nick Chubb opens with a reception prop of one and a half at some books. Um, I don't know. I'd open it at two and a half, but we're going to see. Maybe we can get a good number there early and uh, hit that before it moves. But really excited for the NFL season and a lot of great content at Action Network for the NFL season as well. So excited for that. Like Spencer said, thank you all for the support this season. And uh, excited to talk some golf here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll echo those thoughts. It's been a blast working with you guys for the season. So thanks to you guys. Thanks for everybody who put us in position to be able to do this. It's been an absolute blast this year. I've learned so much from you too, and I hope the fans – and uh, the fans at home have had a chance to enjoy it as well. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. It's been a blast, and it's because of people like you that we get to do this stuff. So thank you. And uh, as far as what I'm doing the next couple of weeks, you can find me this week on PGA Tour Live on ESPN+. Plus. I'll be on the featured group slash marquee groups. And the featured hole going to be on the 15th hole this week uh, with my partner Brendan DeYoung this week. So should be a lot of fun uh, with a guy who – played in the tour championship been on president's cup teams should be a blast never worked with brendan but very excited for that i'll also be covering a bunch of uh college football games for action network on the app and website so first one's going to be week one cal at north texas i think we're leaning toward north texas plus seven and a half but you can find my full right up there next thursday so be on the lookout on the lookout for that and as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. 
must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Like Nick said, Action Network's going to have a ton of content coming out for you. But if you like podcasts, definitely will recommend the Action Network podcast uh, where they talk about NFL pretty heavily the next couple of weeks. Also the favorites as well. That'll be a lot of fun. And then my personal favorite, BBOC, Big Bets on Campus, breaking down everything every Thursday night before the upcoming Saturday's college football slate. Tons of fun listening to college, Colin and Stucky for years uh, that they've been doing this. I think it's like seven or eight years they've been doing this for Action Network. So shout out to them for all their great work and for helping build this platform that we're all a part of. Uh, fellas, it's been a blast. And we'll catch you guys for the Fortinet Championship in a couple weeks. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.